Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and uh, five minutes ago, I um, I broke my chair, and not to be dramatic, but that could potentially be my 13th reason. I am not doing well over this fact. And, you know, here's the deal is I have this, like, very cute pink chair that I bought in my old apartment, and so it's not... I mean, technically, it is over a year old. And I did buy it on Amazon, but it is the most expensive item that I bought, like, for myself. Like, obviously, our couch was probably the most expensive thing that we ended up buying um, when my ex and I lived together. But I bought for myself this very cute pink, like, chair that I was so pumped about for my little office. And it just... It literally just broke on me. I mean, I sat down to record and and it snapped. And um, I just feel like I have been working out a lot and I go on walks every single day. And I have been depressed eating this week, but I still feel like that wasn't enough for me to break my fucking chair. So um, I was going to tell you about how unstable I feel mentally the last few weeks. And I just want you to know that I am as broken as my chair right now. And I just can't fucking believe that happened. So I'm sitting in a pretty uncomfortable chair. I'm at a whole new height. So um, hopefully the podcast sounds wonderful um, with me sitting here and the video is wonderful. But um, yeah, that was really painful. I'm I'm a little bummed it didn't happen like when I was recording. So we could have like one heard the audio, but two, you know, I film the podcast and we could have seen it happen. And uh, yeah. So anyways, the struggle is very real. I, uh, I have a lot to fill you guys in on. I feel like it's so funny because when it comes around to recording, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I have to like figure out what I'm going to talk about. And then I sit down and I'm like, oh, bitch, we have so much to talk about. I was like, I don't know. I haven't like been on a date recently. I'm like, is anything interesting happening in my life? But um, I will always seem to find something, you know, always seem to find something. So uh, yeah, I, 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 w- I did want to talk about how I've been a little depressed. Um, I'm glad I started off with the chair story. So we have a laugh before. But I don't know. It was funny because it's not funny. But like I, I said this on TikTok. I was like, oh, like seasonal depression. Yes. Single seasonal depression. That's like a whole new freaking ball game. Like that's a whole new era. And um, I'm processing it. I, I mean, granted, obviously, like my seasonal depression last year was also hard because I lived with my ex who didn't want to like come around and had to deal with all that drama. So like I'm not saying that I regret it and I will get to all of my ex feelings in the Taylor Swift segment of this podcast. But um, overall, uh, it's a little it's a little different. And I think the other thing about it is, is like now I'm dating and I have my worst quality. I, I think I have a lot of 
a lot of bad qualities when I get depressed. I think like it's the overeating. It's not wanting to work out. But my least favorite that I do is I ignore everybody and there's no texting me. There's no calling me or it's like very inconsistent and I'm really hard to get a hold of. And I hate that because I love talking to my friends. I love talking to my friends. They are literally what gives me life. And I think it's hard when your go to move is to ghost and you're trying to date. When you're sad, I'm like, fuck, like this is like, (laughs) ah, (laughs) I was like, I have to talk to these people. Bumble's giving me a 24 hour limit. And now I have to continue the conversation. I feel bad. I've already ghosted like three people. I don't mean to. It's like, sorry, like, what am I going to write back? Sorry, I'm depressed. Hi, let me open it up for you. You wanted to ask me how my day is doing. My chair broke and I'm considering jumping off a balcony. Like, what do you want from me? Like, is this how we should start? I guess they should just know right away. Um, this is this is the other reason that I, I so many people are like, I want to listen to your podcast when we're talking in talking stage. And I'm like, I don't know. It's for this shit right here, because the first thing they're going to hear is that my fat ass broke a chair and I can't stop crying about it. So, like, I feel that I'm not emotionally stable enough and I'm not about to, like, not share that with you all just because I'm afraid that the love of my life is going to listen. Hey, we've said it before. We'll say it again. If I'm too much, go find less. But I don't think you need to know everything right away. Let me wow you with my charm and then add the sprinkle of mentally unstable. Like, let me just think that you like me enough to handle it, you know? So anyways, I had this whole like serious thing I was going to talk about. And it was all about kind of some things I've learned about the path to like self-love. I don't know if I'm there right now due to the fact of the chair. And I, I, I'm i going to like, I'm going to save that. And if I'm feeling in the mood, we'll talk about it later on the podcast or I'll talk about it next episode. I just had like a lot of really good realization moments as far as like, no, you know what? I'll talk about it. <laughs> OK, just kidding, bitches. I'm ready. So I what I was thinking about recently was um, someone had said to me and or I saw it on TikTok. I can't remember. Honestly, if I'm watching your TikToks, I think you're talking to me. I guess that's kind of what this podcast is supposed to feel like. It's supposed to feel like I'm sitting in your living room or your car with you, like, talking. And that's how I feel watching people's TikToks. But they were talking about the path to, like, self-love and, you know, becoming a better person can be really lonely. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, I wonder what they mean by that. Because, you know, I've been on this journey, especially like, I mean, I think that we're on this journey our whole lives. Like, in my opinion, I feel like I could I am a broken record on the whole like I'm trying to learn how to self love and all that stuff. And I I do believe that I think I've always been trying and definitely since the breakup. I mean, that's a whole new ball game. obviously, you know, um, it's it's that you are trying to treat yourself the way that you're hoping a partner would like that whole thing. So anyways, I was thinking about that and I realized that one of the things that I don't know if people say this often, but to me, what makes it lonely is that you start to realize as you're working on yourself that there's people that just don't fit in your life. There's people who their their energy or their personality, they just don't match your journey anymore. And I know I talked about that in my 29 um, things for 29 years, but, you know, I think that that part kind of like you're losing someone. And then I think the other part of that that doesn't get talked about very much is if that person is a part of a group that you had, then you 
you do lose, you do feel like you're losing that group or, you know, you are, are feeling like FOMO. What it is is FOMO. Like now you are, you were a part of a group and, you know, maybe it just doesn't fit for you anymore. And even if, even if every single person was toxic in that group, which hasn't totally happened to me in my experience, but even if you like decide the whole group isn't for you and you, and you made that decision, like, you know, but then you see them hanging out, like a part of you is still going to feel lonely or left out. And for me, like, I don't subscribe to the notion that, you know, if if you don't like someone, then everybody has to not like them. That's not really, to me, fair, because I think everyone has their own relationships and they should form their own opinions. So I personally would never expect like a friend of mine to stop being friends with somebody because I didn't like them, if that makes sense. I do expect everybody to hate my ex. And listen, you don't have to hate him. But if I want to be mad at him, then you better better be fucking mad with me. You know what I mean? But overall, I just mean I and I just mean that, you know, you're making decisions to protect yourself and to be a better person. And sometimes that means leaving certain people behind. And that can be really lonely feeling. And I think the other thing I've made this really big mistake and I don't think I totally realized it until recently that I did this. But for me, I've come to the realization that when that happens, if I'm in a group of people and I decide to take a step back for one person or something, I have a tendency to kind of like cut everybody else out with that. And I just think that's the wrong move. And I didn't really realize what I was doing until I was analyzing it in my journal this week. But I can go back to a scenario. So like, I'm not trying to expose anybody or talk shit. But like when I was in in out of college, I had a really a best friend and we both worked in the radio industry together and, you know, we were inseparable and, you know, I had amazing memories in that friendship that I cherish. But I think it got to the point where we were honestly like both too toxic for each other. I think we weren't not that I'm calling them toxic. I'm just saying that I think that our relationship wasn't serving either one of us the way that we are looking for. And we had, you know, a falling out. And obviously, like as a part of that, um, I had two separate kind of like friend groups with that person. And I really isolated myself from all of them. And I regret that all the time. Like I there's people that I wish I was still close with that were a part of that group. And I just I am so convinced that someone wouldn't choose me that I'm giving them the option before they can take it. And I didn't realize I was doing that until I really was, you know, doing my journalize, jour- my journalizing. I was doing my journaling myself, actualizing and kind of realize that. So I just thought that I made this realization and it might help you because I've made a really big mistake in cutting people out too early or not giving them the chance. And luckily for me, you know, I I got some people who won't let me and and talk to me and called me out. And, you know, that was so special and so important and and so extremely amazing. And I'm cherishing those friendships. But I just want you to know that, like, on your path of of, you know, figuring out who's the right person and, and, and what's working for you, like, don't cut everybody off like super easy and, you know, make sure that you kind of like really think it through and figure out why why that person might not be like good for your life. And are you cutting out someone that you shouldn't be? So, you know, I just I just had this really big moment of, of that. And I just think that, you know, that's a part of it that doesn't get talked about a lot because, 
you are making the right choice by maybe distancing yourself. And it might not be you're cutting them out forever, but maybe just putting a distance between someone that's causing you pain. But, um, you know, just just don't forget to give people like a chance to, you know, and and I'm proud of you for doing such a thing. Just, um, you know, be safe about it. So all of that is to say that she's just growing and learning. And that's what this podcast is about, is me sharing all that fun shit with you. Can you believe it's been two fucking years? Like, I know we already talked about this, but like, how freaking exciting is that? And to to answer the question, I know you guys have been dying to know, did I get Bubbles Rosé on my two-year anniversary? And absolutely I did. I was actually supposed to have a date that night and he canceled. And I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it yet on the podcast. We'll see how I feel in the dating segment. But um, I, I, so I, I obviously called friend of the podcast, best friend Kim. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm like crying, of course, like I can't I can't emote in a normal way. So I'm like crying and, you know, we're talking it through, blah, blah, blah. And um, then I was like, hey, P.S., are you free on Friday night? And luckily she was. So I was like, I'm coming over. I'm bringing bubbles. So I had such a fun girls night. Well, as in girls like me and, and Kim and Alex, my, you know, my favorite thing to do. I love hanging out with couples. I know some people think that's weird, but like, I just love it because I just, I see my friends' partners as my friends. So it doesn't seem weird. And, you know, we're gossiping, having a good time. Um, You know, it was the perfect perfect way to celebrate two years for me. And I loved every minute of it. And, uh, you know, something even more exciting, though, happened the next day. Uh, If you didn't see on my Instagram, my sister is pregnant. So, um, you know, I I will say this. I will make this one joke. I know I'm going to get in trouble for it, but I'm going to do it anyways. So growing up, I used to make fun of my sister because and I think I told this story on like the the Jill and Ash sister podcast. So it's already been out there. So I'm going to make it. So growing up um, when I was in high school, my sister um, didn't do very well in a class. And that teacher and her didn't really get along. And that teacher handed me my my scholarship that I won in in high school. So I thought this was very funny and I made a lot of jokes about it. Now, I think my sister has gotten me back because in the year that I went through a breakup, this bitch got married and had a baby. So she was like, I see your scholarship that you thought you won at a low point for me. And I raise you a successful life. So obviously, (laughs) obviously, this is a joke. I couldn't help but not make it. But you know, I'm nothing but excited for my sister. And um, if you didn't see on my Instagram, she's having a girl, which a lot of people have shared. If you look at my sister's profile, she posted a picture of all of us doing um, the little cannon. So what happened was, and listen, I... I, she knows I'm mad about this, so obviously I'm going to talk about it. But she told me that I was going to get to be the one who knew what the gender was. And I was going to get to do the reveal. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so fucking special. I'm so fucking important. And then her and my brother-in-law looked at the results right away when they got them. And, like, I get it. Okay, I get why they did it. They keep justifying it to me. And I understand it's them who has to have a kid. It's my sister has to shove it out of her vagina. So I have no ground to stand on to be annoyed. But I really wanted to do it. I wanted to sit around my house and know that like I knew something my mom didn't know. Like, come on. I'm the younger child. 
My whole life is being a petty bitch. Like you're going to honestly tell me if you're sitting there and you're the youngest in your family and you're going to tell me that you don't like being petty. That's bullshit. And you're lying. We know what's up. We like to be in the know. We like to be the ones that have this attention because look at no one's going to fucking care about me once this kid's born. I become irrelevant. OK, I keep saying this and no one's like everyone. Everyone's like, oh, no, Ash, no. I'm the youngest kid. I had a lot of attention and now there's a baby in the world. No one's going to care about me. I'm not planning on having kids. My relevancy is leaving the building. Okay, so I wanted to be cool enough to know ahead of time and it's fine. They didn't tell me. So they surprised us. It was fun. But the picture of my dad's really hilarious. And just for some background, like my dad's side of the family just like only has girls. So he's got a brother who has two daughters And then those two daughters had two daughters. And then my dad obviously had two daughters. And now my sister is having a daughter. So we're just like, we're girl power, baby. But there's a look on my dad's face that's panicked. And everyone's like, oh, my God, is that because it's a girl? I would like to argue that I think it's because all this confetti got blown all over his backyard. And one thing you should know about my dad, we didn't cover this when he was a guest on the podcast, but that man loves his backyard. So I I don't think he was panicked about having a girl. I think he was panicked about having to clean up the backyard, which which I will say my brother-in-law did. But overall, it was a very um, it was a really fun experience. And I'm super excited for my sister. I mean, I I have said this from the start. I was born to be an aunt. And I got really lucky with my aunts and, you know, my Aunt Tiffany in particular, who is my mom's sister, you know, for me growing up and and I still say growing up as in right now, you know, she was such an important person to my life and she really helped shape me to the person I am now. And I attribute a lot of my like success as like a human being and as a person and being a good person to her. So, um, you know, and I, I lived with her. Uh, my in between my junior and senior year of college and I wanted to remember I wanted to live in LA and be famous so I took an internship down in LA and I live with them and now I get so excited to go visit and I was driving down there I don't know my sister was pregnant when I went down to um, on my last LA visit and I was like so excited to go see her and I was like oh my god like I hope that's how my sister's kid feels like I hope when my sister's kid is 29 she's so pumped to come visit me, you know, so I am super, super excited about that. Obviously, I still have a little bit of a cold, so please don't judge my voice. Or if you hear me moving around, it's because I'm not in my fucking chair. Also, I just need you to know that like this chair has been giving me warnings that it's dying and I've been ignoring it. So like um, it's been squeaking in every meeting and that's so embarrassing. Like I'm literally in meetings. I was like, Wah! like, you know. So um, (laughs) it was warning me that it was breaking and I just didn't listen because why would I do that? Okay, you knew I was going to do a whole fucking segment where I talk about Taylor Swift. I already know this podcast is going to be a long one. We got shit to cover and I'm here for it. But Miss Motherfucking Taylor Swift released Red, which is one of my favorite Taylor Swift versions of Taylor Swift albums of all time. I'm a red and reputation girl, which I feel like tells you a lot about my personality. A little bitchy, very sad. Like, you know what I mean? And I I loved the red album and her re-release of it did not fucking disappoint. Of course I watched the 10 minute video of All Too Well. The acting was incredible. I I thought it really opened it up 
And what's been funny is on TikTok, people are like, I'm showing this to my boyfriend to see if they realize what was wrong with the kitchen scene. And if you haven't watched it, I recommend it. But basically what happens is that like, you know, young Taylor Swift and young Jake Gyllenhaal, let's just call it what it is. Um, not so young Jake Gyllenhaal, though. So so she's going to like a party with him and his friends or she they're like hosting friends. And obviously, like she doesn't know anybody. And so, you know, she's trying to be like cutesy with him and he like totally rejects her. So then she gets mad about it later on. And of course, he gaslights the shit out of her and makes her feel like shit. And some guys are like, what's the deal with that? Like he was having a party. It's like, here's the deal. If you are not going to make your partner feel comfortable and wanted in any and all situations, don't get a partner because you're not ready for it and you're trash. You're just trash. Okay. I hate to tell you. I hate to be the one to tell you. Actually, I would love to be the one to tell you. You're trash. You should be like, if when I like, listen, obviously I had issues in my relationship. I remember in the beginning being so excited to like show my friends him and introduce him and all that stuff. And like, if if that's not the way, if you're not getting that kind of attention, get out. Okay. So I do want to say this because I put all my Taylor Swift thoughts into one section because there is an old clip of Taylor Swift saying that she refers to the guys that she's about to start dating as nominees, and I will never see it different. I will never see it different. The The way I shrieked at this, as someone who constantly is obsessed with the idea of being a celebrity, celebrity-isms, this idea has changed my mind on dating. Not necessarily this month, because I've been depressed, but when I'm ready to stop that mode and get back into my reputation era, this is the best thing I've ever heard because it's true. These people and my therapist did say that, too, which, you know, she sucked, but she was good for one thing. Like the only good advice she really gave me was like, just as a reminder, you're not trying to get just get them to like you like you. They you want to make sure that you like them, you know, so that the idea of the nominees like these guys are just in the running and we'll see who's going to win best picture. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Okay, so I have to talk about the song that hurt me the most, obviously, because we all know we got emotionally wrecked by Taylor Swift Red. So for me, it was um, the moment I knew. That song, and listen, I would say this. It did not wreck, when I first listened to it, I was like, ooh. It, I have not quite cried over Red. I did, I, I do feel like, it, it brought up some like, oh, shit moments and probably have not been helping with the whole like, I feel like I need to isolate myself and think kind of process. But I will say I haven't cried. But she says in the song, like everyone was singing me happy birthday, but there was one thing missing. And that was the moment I knew. And it's basically all about how Jake Gyllenhaal, in my opinion, and everyone's opinion, didn't show up for her 21st birthday. And it talks about someone not showing up for you. And that being the entire basis of why my last relationship crumbled, I was like, oh, it hurts. It's like tolerate it from I can't remember if that's on Folklore or Evermore. Please don't come for me. I apologize. But that song for me came out when I was still with my ex and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, ooh. but this the moment I knew I was like, I get you. Here's the deal, though, is like. There were so many moments I knew, but I just ignored them because I was like, no, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. But it's OK. She's evolving. We're not going to we're not going to do that anymore. Um, OK. But also 
the new music video is amazing. I Bet You Think About Me is such a vibe. And here's what I love so much about it is I hope that this song really empowers us women to think about breakups a little bit differently in the way of not being like, I miss him so much, but wow, I bet I bet he thinks about me. And she says, I'm harder to forget than I was to leave. It's a 10 out of fucking 10 for me. It's a 10 out of fucking 10 for me. When I heard that line, I was like, ooh, because I would argue in my breakup, bringing it back, we're talking shit about it. I love it. I... I genuinely believe, and I am going to sound as cocky as possible, I genuinely believe that all of my exes probably do um, still think about me. I, I just, I have to, I have to believe that to be true. So I, I, and, and the whole leaving thing, like I felt, I did feel at the time that my ex literally left so easy. It was very easy for him to leave. And now I'm like, yes, as someone who received a drunk email and all sorts of shit, I, I just believe this to be true. And I and I loved it so much. And Taylor Swift is a absolute genius. And I'm so happy for her in these new re-recordings. And um, I did ask as the question of the week um, about this to get some people's opinions. Um, someone said they didn't get the hype, which is which is fair. But I think you should just immerse yourself and just listen and just feel the Taylor Swift, you know? And and I think also what is important is for you to listen to Taylor Swift without necessarily feeling the hype of Taylor Swift. Because I think that she gets so much shit because people love her so much. And then like people are, you know, they don't want people don't like things everybody likes or they think her fans are annoying or whatever. So just just embrace it on your own. Um, the vault tracks are good facts. I got too very obsessed. Um, as a non-Swifty, I was very confused about why everyone hates Jake Gyllenhaal. I'll just give you the short version. Basically, Jake dated Taylor when he was like old and she was young and pretty much just like gaslit her and made her feel bad and all this stuff. Like go watch the All Too Well video and then just know that that guy is Jake Gyllenhaal and you'll understand why why he's trash. Um, I'm gonna, I, I know I'm, I'm like already at a big time in the podcast, so we're going long, but I do want to just sneak in a few other hot gossip moments. Um, Brittany is free of her conservative ship. Very excited about that. Paris Hilton got married. Kim Kardashian was there. She looked great. Um, and Lindsay Lohan is going to be in a new holiday movie on Netflix. So this is like the trifecta of the bitches being back. Okay. These are the icons. Paris, Brittany, Lindsay, these are the icons of my generation. So this was a very big deal and I couldn't not talk about it, you know? Listen, if you have talked to me over the past year, then you know there's only one thing that has been saving my 2021, and that is my Keith Justo Bread Club subscription. You guys, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I know that's dramatic, but hear me out. You get monthly two baguettes, one sourdough loaf, and then like a monthly loaf, which is different. And it's always something super fun. And my family and I fight over this shit all the time. And it drives me crazy because I'm like, listen, only one of us is playing for the dough here. I'm bringing in the dough. I'm ordering the dough. Don't touch my bread club. It's come in handy so many times because I'm the kind of girl who's never going to show up to a party empty handed. And I always bring a bottle of wine. But now I'm like upgraded because I'll just slice up my baguette, bring some salami and cheese and bam. It's like, hi, I brought wine and classy charcuterie and the literal best sourdough bread you're ever going to have in your life. You're welcome. 
you will not be disappointed in this bride club. Sign up now. You can get 50% off your first box using promo code SLEEK because you know your girl's going to hook you up, S-L-E-E-K. And you can sign up at kgbreadclub.com or you can follow the link in my bio at Ashley Sleek. Okay, my friends, it is time for the dating segment of this podcast. And I want to start here. Okay, I want to start here because George Clooney said something that I am so concerned about. He said, listen, I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to have kids. And then this extraordinary human being walked into my life, right? Here's my deal, George. I need you to not say shit like this because I'm so tired of men trying to convince me to have children that I need you to shut the fuck up. And listen, I'm not saying he's wrong. Obviously, I've never 100% ruled it out, but I just feel like these guys keep thinking they're going to change me. And when I saw that, I screenshotted it and I was like, no, bitch, like, don't say that kind of shit. Okay. Also, since I'm going through my photos, I took this screenshot. This guy on Hinge responded to one of my photos. So the way Hinge works is that you have like a list of photos and you answer questions and guys can comment on your pictures, right? Or like one of the questions you ask and we can do it vice versa. So this this is when I realized that I might be the most basic white bitch. I, I had an idea, but I'm afraid of my profile because this is what he said. He said, you deserve a rosé, drinks on me, and a pampering we can enjoy together, or a Target shopping spree. Okay, so so I am, that is the most basic white bitch he just described. He just described the most basic white bitch. And the picture, which is hilarious, that it's of, is of me and Haley at her bachelorette party. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm not saying basic is bad. We all know that. But like, damn. And then this other guy's profile made me laugh so hard. He said, are you single single or just mad at him single? And I was like, okay, once again, damn. Um, (laughs) so that was, that was pretty funny. Um, okay. The other thing that's been happening is Bumble's been calling me out so hard. So basically with Bumble, you know, you're like swiping, whatever, and then I'll get a match and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I'll like continue to swipe and Bumble will be like, what about these guys, Ashley? Like you literally have three matches in the queue. Like, why won't you talk to them? Bumble, let me explain. I overthink it so hard that I am swiping because I don't have to think about it as much. But once they get connected with me, now I have to panic and figure out what to say. Now I'm overwhelmed. So I'm just going to stay in the swiping world for a little bit. Also, I don't know. I don't know how it works. And maybe if you are, you know, a guy or girl, whatever, you you can tell me how you feel. But is it like too aggressive for us to match and then I message you right away. I was just thinking it was kind of like the texting rule where you're like, I'm going to wait a little bit. So I seem cool. Um, But then with me, I literally forgot about it. And then now I haven't texted you in a long time. But um, no, I mean, like, are you supposed to wait? Are you supposed to wait or am I supposed to message right away? Like Bumble's telling me to, but I don't know what they know. I have no fucking idea. So (laughs) anyways, um, also speaking of that, uh, this guy in his profile said, um, I dare you to say something more than hi. And I just, here's my deal. I know I've already talked about this, so I won't elaborate on it, but I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of guys that I match with that I say hi to and they don't message me back, obviously. 
But of these guys, the ones that I've actually thought out a response to and like pulled something from their profile like I did in the beginning, I started to do that again and no one responded to me. So like it could be that I just got a batch of like guys who weren't interested in me. But I'm just saying that I I feel like I'm just going to say hi and then I'll think of something interesting to say later. You know what I mean? It's just like leave me alone with the aggression. The, the saddest thing for me was I saw this guy's profile last night and in it he said specifically his bio said I'm looking for someone to help shape my profile with me and the way I shrieked with glee when I saw that because obviously my favorite thing is judging profiles so judging in general it's 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 a love of my life okay so I have a fucking podcast called I'm sorry what obviously I'm a judgmental little bitch so like here's the deal I got so excited about this and I messaged him and I was like, hi, I'm here for the profile review. And obviously he came off too strong. He did not message me back. I think he still has like a few hours and I'm very stressed. I'm like, no, please. I want this because I already thought of feedback. Like, first of all, he had a picture in the back of a car with like a chain link, like not a chain link, whatever. It's probably just a truck. It looks like a police car. Okay. Like unless you're trying to give off bail me out of jail daddy vibes, which I don't know, maybe some girls are into. It just didn't look right. Also, I felt like, you know, he could have used a few, like a full body shot just to like, like standing or with some friends, you know, there was no friends. And I think that like a friend's photo is important too. Like I just had really good feedback and I was so excited about this. And I was like, Australia lets me look at his profile and give him feedback. I just want to do that all the time. And like, who knows? Maybe this guy, I like I build his profile and then, you know, he's like, actually, you're the one. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I guess not. Also, I'm starting to want I genuinely don't know. But I'm starting to think that if somebody asks me what I'm looking for too early on, it's a red flag. Now, that logically makes no sense because wouldn't you want to know before you start talking to somebody what they're looking for, which is the thought process I had going into Mr. Gorgeous. Obviously, we've had this conversation. Now, every single time that a guy has asked me that, they've ended up love bombing me and scaring the shit out of me. So I'm I'm concerned. Like, I just had this guy that I match with and he's cute. And he actually, like, extended our time together because I was in my mode of not responding. And I was like, OK, fine. He like paid to talk to me, you know, which I think is how it works. I think you have to like pay to extend time. I'm not sure. But for the cocky level I'd like to be at, I'm going to say he paid to talk to me. So anyways, like I messaged him and I'm not sure if that's a red flag either. But anyways, I messaged him, hit him with a high. Um, he did say he was like, how are you doing, girl? Which I was like, I don't know if I like that you called me girl, but whatever, we're going to be past it. So then I told him how I was doing. You know, obviously I wasn't like, I broke my chair when I killed myself, but I was like, oh, you know, it's been stressful at work, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, so what are you looking for on here? And I was like, fuck, do I even respond to this? Because I'm serious. The last three guys that I've talked to who've asked me that question have all turned out a little bit crazy. And and so I think I might just go for a playful response. I don't know. Like part of me is like, it's fair because as someone who's like husband hunting and doesn't want to like fuck around, you know, it's nice to have that stability. But also I feel like it's putting too much pressure on. And then once again, I'm like, fuck, I did that to Mr. Gorgeous, which is fine because obviously like he's still around in whatever capacity he feels like being around in at this moment. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's rough. 
it's rough. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So if you have an opinion, like, let me know. There's another guy I'm talking to. I'm excited about him. Um, but I'm nervous to be excited about him. So I was like, is he worthy of talking about on the podcast? I don't know. I will say this. He's from Scotland and I really enjoy the accent. And so far, I mean, like we, he was the one that I was supposed to have a date with. I, you know, I can't decide about it not happening, how I feel. But like, anyways, um, he's cute, too. And I'm trying to I don't know what to say about him. I feel like I should have we talk a lot and I feel like I should have more info for you guys, but I don't at this moment. So just know that there that he exists. Scotland exists. It's fun because I did kind of miss the um, location names, you know, like we had Australia and Ohio and then we had Mr. Gorgeous and then like chicken tenders. And I was like, okay, like I do kind of miss the location. So um, Scotland's round. Okay. So um, I'm going to, I am going to go a little um, off, off brand. No, I don't think this is that off brand for the I'm sorry, what moment of the week. Um, I think I'm, (laughs) I'm already laughing at myself before I say this because it's risky. It's risky. I am getting a little tired of sexting. You guys listen. And I just have to say that being back in the dating world, this is such a prominent feature in life. And I have actually come to be a fan of it in my time. And I thought it was fun this whole time, but it just happened so quick. So I was going to come on here originally. A few weeks ago, after my date with Mr. Gorgeous, I was like, maybe I should re, re, re stance, remove my stance on like sex on the first date. Cause I was like, maybe that's what leads to the, oh, always having like a kind of a sexual, like vibe in the conversation. Maybe because I did that, it got a little too sexual. No, what I've learned from being on Bumble, it's like, I remember when I was talking about the stages last episode and I was like, oh, you like move from Bumble to texting and like that's a stage. I feel like before the date stage is a sexting stage now. And like, I'm sorry, what? It's fine. Some of it I do enjoy, but sometimes I'm just like, fuck, I just wanted to tell you that like I ate a really good bagel with cream cheese. And now if I say the word cream, it's going to like trigger something, you know what I mean? Or or it has a hole in it, you know, and I'm not saying, listen. I'm not saying I want it to stop. I'm just saying that like, God, it gets, it's just like, it's a lot. I mean, you have to be pretty creative. I'm genuinely starting to think about starting a notes of like sexting and just copy and pasting them. Especially if you're like, I'm not trying, <laughs> I feel like this sounds really bad. But if you're like talking to different guys and you know, whatever, it's like, okay, do I have to come up with another story? Like there's only so cr- so much creativity I can bring. I also do say, I do feel this and you guys can tell me if you feel differently, but I do feel like it's a little bit easier to sex when you've actually had sex. I, in my opinion, I feel like it's a little bit I can I can actually imagine what I'm working with here because we've had sex. But yeah, I, it shocks me how bold these men are and how quickly it goes there. And this is a part of this fucking hookup culture that we talk about. That's so hard. And it's hard to balance of like, do I respond to it? Because sometimes I'm into it and I don't want to like deny myself, you know, but other times I'm like, I, I think the answer is to just be honest. And like, if you can't be honest with someone and say like, I'm not into this right now. And if they reject you for that, then like, fuck them. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of, I think that's my, I'm sorry, what stance on it. But also I'm just like, oh my God, does anyone else, like for my bitches dating out there, like, <laughs> 
Do you feel this? Do you feel this? I talked to some friends in relationships that were like, oh, yeah, in the beginning, I remember we like did a lot of sexting. And I was like, yeah, I remember that, too. But it's just like it's so fast. It's much like I would like a date before we have sex. I would I think I would like a date before we start sexting. Like some of the flirty stuff's fun, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the flirty stuff like. Just flirt with me a little bit. But like, do we have to visualize everything? You know what I mean? I'm just saying. And and listen, if you're listening to this as somebody that I have sexed in, I did. I do and did enjoy it. And I'm not asking it to stop. I I just feel like if we're if we're doing it consistently, then like we're on a level now. But for these men that I just talked to, like, and we're two fucking text messages in, they're like, do you want to hear about my dick? I'm like, not fucking really. You know, like not fucking really leave. Can can a bitch just breathe? Okay, so I'm sorry. What? Like maybe no. No, I don't know. I feel like this section's going to get me in trouble on multiple ways. There are multiple ways this is going to get me in trouble. But like, here's the deal. We make the podcast for the listeners. And I feel that you all would enjoy this. And there are certain listeners that I don't think are going to enjoy this. But we can't we cannot cater the podcast to just a few. Okay. We just can't. Um, (laughs) So anyways, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I love you all so freaking much. You are literally the real MVPs. And I got so lucky to be doing this for two years. And I hope to do it for so many more. And in order to do that, in order to do that, I need a little support, I need a little love. Please make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and download these episodes. Share this podcast with a friend. I know you all have someone out there that has complained to you about sexting. I just know it. Send this podcast to that bitch so she or he knows or they know that they are not alone, okay? Also, please don't forget to um, subscribe to Bride Club. Literally, it's the holidays right now. Like, okay, for example, my mom was doing, we were doing this, the gender reveal party, right? And we were like, okay, you know, we were pulling bread out of the freezer. Like we needed a sourdough loaf for the spinach artichoke dip. We needed a baguette for the cheese. And then we used, I don't remember what she is. We had the lemon loaf left um, from one of the the bread clubs and we used that for something else. And it was like so fun. We had a Keith Juso bread like literally all over the place. And it was so good. And listen, I'm not trying to throw shade, but somebody else brought like store sourdough And then we had to put like we put that out because like the sourdough was so good. It all got eaten. And I was like, wow, like I'm not trying to be a bitch, but like all sourdough is not created equal, my friend. And it's kind of like once you try good wine and you're like, well, fuck, I'm never going to drink barefoot again. Like this is the situation. And it's not even like a tough price. It's I think it's 30 with um, but you get like two baguettes, a sourdough loaf, and then a specialty loaf literally delivered to you monthly. It is so freaking convenient. And you can get 50% off your first box by using promo code SLEEK. And like, listen, I have a promo code now. Can we make it successful? But seriously, it really is worth it. Thank you so much again for listening. I love you all so, so much. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Ashley Sleek. Okay, bye.